is Symbol of Excellence in Sports Entertainment. I believe Mean Gene is back with a hoaxer. Let's hear what he has to say. All right, he is just moments away from heading to the ring for his first title defense of 1988. World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champ Hulk Hogan. Well, I've had a dark cloud, Mean Gene, over my head in 1987. Struck by lightning one time, struck by King Kong Bundy. He got his hand raised in victory on Saturday night's main event. And now, with that no good, nasty, stinking giant in his corner, some of my Hulkamaniacs think I might get struck again. But my main man, Ronald Reagan, called a summit meeting of the superpower, man. The superpower of Hulkamania and Reagan together, brother. And when he came to me, it wasn't for battle plans. It was to prove he was a Hulkamaniac. I made him roll up his white collar sleeve. I saw the four-lane highway rolling down his bicep. I saw the lower head blow out the socket of his thigh. And I said, Ronald Reagan, you're a full-fledged Hulkamaniac with the prayers and vitamins all intact. And now that I've had the summit meeting, that's all I need right here in the nation's capital to wipe out Bundamania forever and to squeeze my way through the ropes and get my hands on that big, nasty giant. Oh, my word, the 24-gun salute is fully loaded as Hulk Hogan heads to the ring. Back to you, Vince. Now, welcome to season four of the 24-inch podcast. My name is Steve Bennett, and that is me, Paula Bennett. And Dave Rollins will be joining us in a second from New Jersey. The crew is here. It's another season. It's crazy that this is the fourth year we are doing uh, the 24-inch podcast, uh, which means, Paula, that we started this. When you were, what, three years old? Three, yeah. So you've been podcasting since you were three years old? No, I actually no, I actually started earlier. Yeah? Was when Dad had the sportscasters, I used to come on a lot because I thought I was cute. Yeah, so you've been podcasting yeah. pretty much your whole life. I think I started when I was one year old, I think. Or when I learned how to talk, maybe. Well, the 24-inch podcast is a... Podcast dedicated to the career of Hulk Hogan. Uh, Paula and I are in Buffalo, New York. Dave is in New Jersey. Paula and Dave often appear together, um, but uh, on nights that Paula has school and Dave has work, they appear apart. Quickly here, Paula and I wanted to talk uh, quickly about what our life has been like the last week, and it has been a what? snowy day a winter had, wonderland yeah i had i hope i get a snow day today yeah Tomorrow. paula paula has had many snow days so i don't have to do my spelling tasks 
Yeah. That's the only reason. The snow has been coming and coming and coming. Really coming. And our bus heater broke down, so Mom's going to drive me into school tomorrow. There's places in the area, West Seneca, New York, which is 15 minutes from us or so. They have over 70 inches of snow in the last few days. So me and my mom went to Billy Beast today, and it was like, we went down to like where it where yeah, our they were mall in Cheektowaga, which is close to the airport. So we were there, and I was slipping because there was so much snow there. They had everything plowed though, so people can get to the mall to get some stuff that they do need for if there is. But some. the banks were incredibly high, right? The snow yeah. banks. They're incredibly high. I don't know how that happened, but it's Buffalo. Yeah, make sure you're speaking to that mic. So, because of the that. snow and because of Dave's work and all that, we're separate yes. today. Uh, the show yeah, today, yeah. we're going to talk about Hulk Hogan's match against King Kong Bundy on Saturday night's main event in January of 1988. Please don't tell me he gets squashed. Uh, not by Bundy, but by Andre after, right? Yeah. Paul and I started watching the event the other night when we were doing snack. Yes, we did. We watched the Strike Force Bolsheviks match. Yeah, strike hard, strike for wait, strike, strike hard, strike first. No mercy, sit. <laughs> yeah, something like that. No, I think that is it. Yeah. Is it strike first, strike hard, then? Yeah. Okay. So and something from Cobra Kai. The agenda today is Paul's gonna agenda. say goodnight in a second, and then Dave and I will be back. Uh, we will do a bio for King Kong Bundy. We'll do a bio of the Cap Center in Washington. I hope somebody wakes me up saying in the middle of the night that I have a snow day. I had to <laughs> interrupt because I'm just hopefully hoping that God will give me that pleasant. We'll do Where's Hulk. We will cover the news of January 1988. Where is Hulk in? 1988. January. 1988. January. And it looks like we're in the middle of whatever in Antarctica. If we could, Dad might post a picture of what it looks like in our backyard because it's just filled and we, we haven't even shoveled it back there. Yeah. Well, Paul needs to say goodnight. we got to find out where Dave is. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We're going to get season four of the 24-inch cast, 24-inch podcast started in a second. Paul, good night, honey. Good night, party people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope I get cold. That snow day is for me. Yay, I'm singing the song. Because I hope I get a snow day tomorrow. But then they didn't call my mom yet. Woo. My dad told me a story yesterday about... Baseball stuff. No. What? You told me about... Grandma and Grandma. Yes. And? Pa, I don't know. You talked about me about when you would pick up your phone and it would be like one day you keep on calling and you didn't know about snow days and you would, you end up in this, if you were in this no okay what I told Paula is so obviously now if there's a snow day uh, called you get calls you just turn on the TV or you can check the internet check a website. When I was growing up, we need to go to the radio and the guy on the radio, radio. would read them in alphabetical order. But if your school is B 
and you turned the radio on and they were in the seas, you had to wait all the way till it came back around again. But if you were in the X's, you only had to wait one. You mean the D's? Yeah. If they're on the seas. All right, Paula, say goodnight. Goodnight. I hope I get a snow day. We'll be right back. Fans of the 24-Inch Podcast, please check out the Sportscasters Podcast. Season 14 just started. You can find more information on Twitter at sports underscore casters. You can email the pod, the sportscasters at gmail.com and at sportscasters on Instagram. For more information on the 24-Inch Podcast, find us on Twitter at 24-Inch Podcast. Instagram at 24 underscore inch underscore podcast. And email us to 24inchpodcast at gmail.com to find Steve and Dave in video talking Hulk Hogan. Check the North-South Connection video page on YouTube, brother. (laughs) 24inch podcast, we are back. Uh, Just put the lovely Paula Bennett to bed. And now welcome a creature not quite as beautiful. Uh, but certainly uh, as uh, soulful. Ruggedly uh, handsome, ruggedly I like to go handsome, by. handsome, sure. Yeah. Uh, out there in Sopranos Town, USA. 25th anniversary of Sopranos this year, by the way. How about that? Hollywood Dave Rollins. What's up, Dave? How you doing, buddy? Uh, not too much. Tired of working. It's a tough week. You know, as I'm, a, I'm a maintenance worker for uh, the county I live in. And uh, not a bad job. Uh, a lot of good, you know, good pension, good benefits. But when it snows, you know, it becomes... Becomes a problem. Uh, wow. the building, Tell me about building it. Building gets really messy. Yeah. Yeah. We, well, for you, different kind of problem for you. Yeah. <laughs> a little, we, little bigger. We wanted to record this last Thursday. It's Thursday night recording. And uh, we wanted to record it last Thursday. And that's kind of when hell started. So last Thursday was a really windy day. And we were basically out of power all day. Uh, and um, power came back on Friday at some point. It flickered a few times. Um, and then by Saturday afternoon, they had already moved the Bills game to Monday because there was going to be so much snow on Sunday. Uh, Paula went to school. Monday was a holiday. She went on Tuesday, and she's been off ever since. Um, some parts of Buffalo have gotten about 70 inches of snow since then. Crazy. We're further north, so we don't get the late. The problem is, is that it was warm in December. And whenever it's warm in December, Lake Erie doesn't get cold enough. So then when the temperatures go really cold in January, you know, the cold air goes over the warm lake. And that's when you get the big lake effect snow bands. But those usually don't drift up as high as us, as north. But don't get me wrong. We probably have 25, 28, 30 inches out there. Um, but My goodness. That's better than it's, – it's not 70, you know. And it's probably been more like four inches a day. Uh, we haven't like really gotten wait a minute. Socked. You yeah. you've gotten seventy inches of snow. No, it's the southern part of Buffalo. No, has I mean I, 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 snow. Holy shit! People live there. It's not. It's it's not a. Open- yeah, like Cheektowaga, where what our airport the is. Hell? Uh, oh my! God. Orchard Park, where the Bills Stadium is. They've gotten seventy inches. That's what I started the conversation with. Oh boy! I couldn't. Uh, how, how do these people even survive? Well, we, we just we're. It's the same way people survive hurricanes, I guess, or whatever. You know, wow, we just seventy we, inches. We just know we have we we have the appropriate amount of equipment to remove it. You know, right, we right, know how right. to do it. We know how to drive in it. Look, it's not pleasant. 
it's a bad couple days. You know, shit has to close. Uh, there was driving bans. It was not great. It's the way the climate has changed here over the years is interesting because when I was a kid, we get about a hundred inches of snow a year. Okay, that's the average. And when I was a kid, we'd get it one inch a day. You know, and maybe there'd be like a storm in there where you get a so you, cl- you clear that inch out. Yeah, you know, it, was, it just right. it was now like, I'm, ca- I'm catching on now. I re- I remember as a kid, like I remember one January, like getting off the bus and every single day having to shovel for the whole right. month. It used to be like that. Now it's like before this week, we only had like three inches of snow for the year. You know, so it seems like now in the last ten years or so. We get our 100 inches more in bursts, more in these big lake effect snow bands, and it's because the lake doesn't freeze like it used to. You know, so almost all of our snow now is lake effect snow. Now, in New York, we get the the brunt of the headlines because we're a bigger city, but places like Syracuse, uh, Lake Placid, they get way more snow than us. Um, But they don't get the headlines. They don't have the people. Um, but look, we get about a hundred inches of year. It just, it seems like now it comes in, it chunks. And they, they call, they call off school here for an inch. My poor mother's a uh, crossing guard still at 77 years old. And for some reason, when they call off school, there's a delayed opening. She has to go there more for the, in case kids show up. Oh, and freezer, like, freezer, get out of yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Freezer. She'd rather just have a regular school day. You know what I mean? Sure. For, for a dusting of snow, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. They, but when I was a kid, they, uh, you know, it had to be at least six, seven inches for the school day to be called off. You know, if you had three inches of snow, we we're going to school, man. And and then the other part of the problem, too, is it's been, you know, negative wind chills. So it's been highs of 10, 12 degrees all week, you know, and then when you put the wind chill in, it's in the negative. So it's been really cold. It's been really windy. There's a lot of snow drifts, a lot of snow. And that's why we're coming this week. Other big things in the news this week besides the weather in Buffalo. Uh, because we're pushed back a week, uh, this is essentially a celebration of 40 years of Hulkamania today. Um, January 23rd, right, is the oh. is the 40th anniversary of Hogan pinning the Sheik at the Madison Square Garden and starting Hulkamania in the WWF. And that was 40 freaking years ago. Um, which confirms we're old, and uh, it also <laughs> it also confirms what Hulk always said, and that's Hulkamania will live forever, uh, stronger than ever. So we're going to celebrate 40 years of Hulkamania today. And then the other thing, and I'll let you respond, Dave, is that the Hulkster is still an American hero. Um, of course, over the week he was in the news because him and his uh, friend, who was uh, some kind of Marine or military service of some kind, uh, were witnesses to a girl went across two or three lanes to try to catch an exit. And as she was going across, she clipped a car and she rolled. And um, as a 17-year-old girl and Hulk and his friend got out of their car and they ran up, they popped the airbag, they got her out of the car safely. Um, it, to me, I don't know if Scott Criscoll is listening, but it's the experience he had saving Elizabeth in Milwaukee <laughs> uh, yeah. that directly led to real-life experiences and him being prepared there to no- take care of this girl, you know? Why didn't he wait in his car for the paramedic? No, no. Hulk gets to action. He doesn't yeah, wait. man. Yeah. There was a and scared I like- girl in there. If, if my daughter crashes... I hope there's someone like Hulk there. Right. I'm not pushing. I'm know? not pushing. Reli- I'm not pushing religion on anybody uh, out there. But um, uh, 
I like this part of the story. Uh, Hulk or his friend di didn't have a knife to pop the airbag, but Hulk, it was um, a Sunday, I believe, and was had was coming to church, and they were handing out coming from church, and uh, earlier in the day, and they were handing out pens for some reason, and he used that pen that he got from church to pop pop the airbag. So it's almost like a sign, you know, from God that that he had that they gave him that pen at, at, at church. So I thought that that was pretty nice. Wow. And uh, what what do you think, like? Um, I know we mentioned it on North South Connection, which will be out on uh, Sunday. Uh, any other wrestlers out? I mean, this this happened in Florida, Tampa, Florida, and it's made eyewitness news right here in New York. Now, of course, we know The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, if it's him, make the news. I would say Cena would make the news. Ric Flair nowadays would make the news. I still Fif say Austin would. I still say he would. Mm, that's, uh, I don't know. All right, we'll Maybe. disagree on that one, but I say no, I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't know if I fully disagree with you. I don't yeah. know. I'm in. The, I'm in the middle. But anybody else? Maybe Undertaker. Mm, I'm going to disagree there. Okay. Yeah, but you know, live if Macho, if Macho Man were still alive, probably. You know, probably Roddy Piper. Maybe these guys aren't living anymore. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Well, hey, Hulk. The point is, <laughs> Hulkamania still lives. You know, Paul is great proof of that. I mean, I, what, I'm, what I'm really trying to get, is there any current wrestler that would make the news if that happened to? Probably not. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Maybe Reigns? Maybe. Brock, Les Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah Brock Lesnar is more yeah, of it. Yeah. But does he still yeah. wrestle? I don't even, I don't know. He'll probably come back from WrestleMania. He always does, right? Okay, so, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I, I don't either, but I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be back. A good uh, Hulkamania still lives story. Paul and I were watching... Um, 89, Royal Rumble 89 the other day. And when Hulk got thrown out, she started crying. Ah, oh, poor Paula. But I mean, she, she doesn't that bring back? She didn't see it coming, you know? She didn't yeah. She didn't see it coming. She 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 remembered having watched a little bit of that one because that's when Axe and Smash are one and two. That's awesome. And when Axe came out, she's like, oh, that's right. Smash is going to be number two. But then as it went on, either she thought it was one of the ones she watched where he won or whatever, but she didn't see it coming and. She was really mad. Now it's sad that she was crying, but it's almost beautiful and in not a way. Like that, bawling, but like yeah, you but know, yeah, she was mad and yeah. You're looking at your own flesh and blood emulating what you did yeah. at that time. And it, it you know it, what and I mean? It still elicits a reaction in her. You know, the, right. uh, the stories that were told that many years ago, um, they hold up, you know, they still bring that out. I hate the oh, it holds up, it doesn't hold up. But the reason I hate it is because usually talking about like Oh, the Sopranos doesn't hold up because they don't have cell phones. That's stupid. That's stupid. Right. What, yeah. What's interesting to me about does it hold up is does the story still resonate? Does it still have an impact yeah. on people? That's what's important, not the technology so, in the show. What about, you know, how many classic movies didn't have cell phones? You know what I mean? It's, yeah, exactly. that's, that's stupid. That's ludicrous to even think. They, think, I mean, they we, use landlines and pay phones. It doesn't hold up. It's like... people. People get excited for the Honeymooners Marathon. That was in the 50s. You know what I mean? <laughs> they didn't have a telephone. The, the, you know? the cream rises to the top. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and things like the Honeymooners and yeah. know, these things, they're, they're immortal for a reason. It's because they were great. Yeah. All right. We have a job to do today. Um, and Paula and I mentioned it in the last segment. Uh, January of 88, Saturday Night's Main Event. We'll talk about it more in the next segment, but I absolutely love these January Saturday night's main events. Um, usually always watch them with my dad at a party somewhere, like I've explained in the past. 
you know, with all his friends and because someone always had a party around New Year's or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I remember many nights watching these uh, King Kong Bundy's the opponent. We've had Bundy one more one other time, but that was episode one, uh, which Dave and I are both embarrassed to even listen to. So we're going to pretend <laughs> we're going to pretend we haven't had Bundy. Uh, the the venue is the, the Cap Center in Landover, Maryland. We've never had that, uh, so we'll talk about that. And um, and Dave's gonna do Where's Hulk? So uh, big job today. We're gonna do the news from January of '88 later. Uh, we're going to break down the whole card. I think there's a sleeper match in there. I want to talk about too. We'll cover all the Hulk and Bundy stuff, and then we'll read emails and let you know what we're doing next time. So busy show, Dave. You ready to get going? Ready to rock. All right. Uh, Christopher Allen, uh, Paley's Paley's. I don't. How did you say his last name? Paley's, I believe. Paley's. Yeah, that's what I thought uh, too. Paley's. Pally's, maybe Paley's. Nah, whatever. Uh, November seventh, nineteen fifty-seven. Uh, passed away March fourth, two thousand nineteen. That came as a big shock to me because he he lost. I remember being really upset about that. Really yeah, upset. He's such a he was such a great storyteller too. Uh, yeah, thinks we lost him. He's only six. Only 61. He was born in Woodbury, New Jersey, uh, and died in Glassboro, New Jersey. Uh, he was married from 94 to 02. He had one child. Uh, 6'4", 458, billed from Atlantic City, trained by Larry Sharp, debuted in 81, retired in 2007. Um, and he started in the WWF around 85, um, his first run, eighty-five to eighty-eight, was his his biggest run. Of course, main eventing WrestleMania two with Hulk. Um, he also had the tag team with Big John Studd, which was always a big, you know, tag team. He originally started with Jimmy Hart, um, but he was a part of a big trade uh, between Jimmy Hart and Bobby Heenan, and uh, Hart traded Bundy to Heenan for Adrian Adonis and the Missing Link. Oh, yeah. Um, and a missing link stuck around for like one match after that. So. Yeah, but stuck long, long enough to be featured in that Sports Illustrated article. Yeah, and, and on the wrestling album cover. Yeah. Um, he joined the Heenan family, obviously, and that's where he sort of flourished. Uh, WrestleMania won. He, he had the, 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 the nine-second record, which they talked about for they, – they kayfabe that was a record for like 30 years. Um, until someone, I mean, yeah. even at six years old, I mean, I can be like, dude, this is 23, 25 seconds. Right. You know, and, and, and Bundy said, I wa- there's a great, great, uh, Sean Oliver shoot. Um, I guess it's, uh, WrestleMania two. Yeah. This is the topic. And Bundy is great in it and tells really good stories. And he said he was always a little disappointed. With Special Delivery Jones, he thought that he sort of laid in the corner because he didn't want to do the business the way the business was supposed to be done. Um, so take that for what it's worth. But that shoot is more than worth uh, checking it, out. It definitely did seem like that. He laid there too long. But, I mean, he was never punished. SD was around forever. You know what I mean? After that. Yeah. So, it was kind of just a subtle thing, though. I mean, SD could just say, ah, I couldn't get up quick enough. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Yeah. I got hurt. Yeah. And he got hurt back then. Yeah. Um, he obviously the main event of WrestleMania two, you know, WrestleMania three, he's in the fantastic mixed tag match, which I love, uh, Tim versus 
Hillbilly, and then the four little people are Little Beaver, uh, to- Little Tokyo, or Little Brook, and who am I missing? Uh, the bad guys were um, King Kong Bundy, Lord Little Brook, and Little Tokyo, and the good guys were Beaver, uh, and that's the one and, I'm missing. Uh, uh, the Haiti Kid. Haiti Kid, that's right. Yeah. Um, fantastic, especially uh, Jesse suggesting they throw the Little Beaver in a, in a garbage bag, one of my all-time favorite um, commentary moments. <laughs> you know, I just found out recently that he, he's brothers with Tiger Jackson, who played Dink. Doinks, uh, oh, little, really? I never, you know me, I, I know there's nothing I don't know from my era. I Learn something new, you know. Wow, never never stop learning. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Obviously, you know, headlined a few different Saturday night's main events, including the one we're going to talk about tonight. Also, um, you know, they built the angle for WrestleMania two on Saturday night's main event, so he did some great things there. You know, I always loved the tag team he had with um, uh, with Big John Studd. I thought they were a, a menacing tag team. I always remember not wanting when the Bulldogs had the title, like not wanting them anywhere near them. Like I was afraid. Yeah, of them. They, they had one TV match, but yeah, yeah that was that was I, it. I was afraid of them as an opponent for Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm surprised Vince didn't put the put the belt on. You know, the, you know, he loves the big guys. You know, I'm surprised he didn't uh, go in that direction. His last match in his initial WWF run was a televised match. At Madison Square Garden in February of 88, he teamed up with Butch Reed and lost to Ultimate Warrior and Don Morocco. And yeah. actually, uh, King Kong Bundy was already out of the company then, at, by that at the time. There's a lot of no-shows on that card for some reason. I don't know if there was snow. I can't remember what happened. I remember it was delayed here in New Jersey because we always got them live. It, it didn't, come on until 10, didn't come on until 10 o'clock. So the show was still going on, but we got the beginning starting at 10 o'clock on MSG Network. I'll never forget February 87. And Mike Sharp had to team up with Harley Race because Hercules no-showed. Like, what a weird combination Combination that is. Bobby Heenan walking Iron Mike Sharp down the aisle. Then there was one other replacement I, I can't think off the top of my head. Then this one. Bundy comes out with, ha- with hair almost. And, uh, you know, he hadn't been around since our, our Saturday night's main event match, which was taped way back in December, early December. So that's December. Jan- you know, he w- hadn't been around really for two or three months. And then he showed back. I guess they called him because he was local. Local, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and he did it. Uh, in 93, he wrestled in the main event of Eastern Championship Wrestling's inaugural November to Remember Supercard. You're right. He was the mystery tag team partner of Terry Funk in a losing effort against Road Warrior Hawk and an ECW legend. So, uh, Sandman? Sabu. Sabu, okay. Uh, he came back in, what, 95, 94, 95? 94, late 94. Yeah, as a member of Ted DiBiase's stable, the Million Dollar Corporation. Had I was just talking to my da- ta- dad about this because, um, you know, I told him our next show was be on Bundy, and uh, he always liked Bundy. And he's like, Bundy never came back in the 90s. What are you talking about? I'm like, you know you're talking about talking to here. You know, I'm like, yeah. take it easy. Take it easy there, Pops. Take a step back, Jack. He came back. Didn't do much, but he came back. He was part of the Million Dollar Team at the Survivor Series that year. Um, He was billed as a favorite in the 95 Royal Rumble, but only lasted three minutes before being eliminated by... Oh, God, yeah. I I actually thought he was going to win this. Um, I hope not Shawn Michaels. No, a big guy. Uh, 95, another big guy. Maybe most uh, famous for being in a tag team. Hmm. 
Big guy, famous family ticket. 95. God, 95 is a rough year. Mabel. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he made his return to WrestleMania at WrestleMania 11, where he was defeated by The Undertaker, part of the streak, you know, forever, immortally part of that. And then he left. He wrestled, you know, on and off stuff over the years. He was also really into stand-up comedy. Um, he was an actor. He had spots on uh, Married with Children. Um, he appeared in the Richard Pryor film Moving. Right. Um, in 1996, he appeared in an episode of Weird Science. Uh, so he did some acting. And, um, you know, as far as I know, he lived a pretty, you know, pretty nice life. He had the five count, the famous five count. Um, he had a son named David that he raised. Um, you know, he had custody with. Um, Loves uh, cats, too. He had, like, yeah, nine big cats. big cat guy. He had about uh, about ten at the time of his death, it says here. Uh, uh, he did sue the WWF, part of the class action lawsuit, uh, which I don't think, you know, helped in terms of Hall of Fame and things like that. I think out of anybody that's not in the Hall of Fame, I think if I had to make a list, he'd be number one. That's probably true. I'd have to think about it, but I have there's no... A lot, no. There's a lot of them. Demolition, yeah. Kamala, you know what I mean? Rick Martell, you go on and on and on. Mostly the guys uh, in the lawsuit, right? Uh, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. But now, without Vince, you know what I mean? That things about Triple H in charge now. Yeah, I can't man. believe I'm say, saying this. I never really liked Triple H. But, um, you know, maybe we're going to have a little change now. Sure. We'll see maybe, how that uh, goes. Yeah. So Obviously, Triple H famously responsible for Bruno finally getting in. So, yep. Yep. Uh, Warrior 2, Ultimate Warrior 2, I think. On March 4th, 2019, he died from complications of diabetes at his home at the age of 61. So, yeah, I, I thought I thought he was going to make it because he lost a tremendous amount of weight, you know, there. And he, he seemed, you know, he seemed pretty healthy. He didn't, didn't seem like a dr- you know, drink, big drinker, big drugger, anything like that. You know, so I, I, it caught me off guard there uh, that, that, that night. It was a late night. I remember like 3 o'clock, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Looking at my phone and seeing someone posted it. Uh, not not good. Washington Township High School's own. You think he's in the Washington Township High School Hall of Fame? He better be. I would I would think so. He's a tremendous amateur wrestler. So. Mm-hmm. All right. On to the venue tonight. The Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland. Which, as a kid growing up, a Sabres fan, this place was one of those. Like the Brendan Byrne Arena. You know, you always heard about the cap center and why is it in Landover, Maryland? You know, why is it in Washington, DC? This is the thing, the thoughts of, you know, a five-year-old listening to a hockey game on the radio, you know, what the hell is Landover, Maryland? You know, why is it there? Uh, but the Capitol center later U S air arena and U S airways arena was an indoor arena located in Landover, Maryland, a suburb of Washington, DC. It seated 18,756 for basketball 18,130 for hockey. It opened in late 1973, closed in March of 2002, and did not make it to the Petitone in Christmas of 2000. It was demolished in December of 2000. Um, They built it for about $126 million in 2022 money, uh, 18,000 then. Uh, The tenants, the Washington Capitals and the Washington Bullets, were tenants there from 1973 to 1977. Of course, the Bullets later changed their name to the Wizards. Um, 
uh, the Capitals. So 73-97 for the Bullets, 74-97 for the Capitals. Uh, the Georgetown Hoyas of uh, Starter Jacket fame um, also played there from 81 to 97. And then the silly teams and the weird leagues, you know, the arena football type stuff and, you know, national lacrosse. They had those uh, teams as well. It hosted three NBA finals. Uh, the first in 1975 when their bullets were swept by the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they returned to the finals in 78 and 79 um, against the Supersonics. In 78, they won two games at the Capitol Center on their way to claiming the championship. Uh, the Bullets won the finals opener in 79, but then dropped four straight to the Sonics. So they split those one and two in the finals um, hosted hosted there. Um, let's see. What else sports-wise do we have here? Uh, college basketball. The ACAC men's basketball tournament was held there in 76, 81, and 87. On December 5th, 81, the Georgetown Hoyas uh, played against San Diego State. Uh, it's their first win, first game and first win there. Like I said, they played through November of 97. They finished out against Cleveland State. Uh, as far as hockey, um, the Capitals moved there. Um, or were, were an expansion team in 74-75. The Kinsey Scouts were the other expansion team that year. Uh, they hosted the 82 NHL All-Star Game. And the arena also was home to some big NHL playoff games, including the Easter Epic in 1987, which was them and the Islanders, uh, which went multiple overtimes before Pat LaFontaine uh, scored in the fourth overtime uh, for the visiting Islanders. Uh, they played their last game there in against the Montreal Canadiens on November 26, 97, 6-5. Interestingly, uh, never played a Stanley Cup final game there, but they did make the Stanley Cup finals the next year, uh, the first year in the new arena. And then, of course, won the Stanley Cup in the new arena a few years ago when Alex Ovechkin and the rest of those crazy bastards were drunk every day for four straight months celebrating. Maybe the best post-cup winning celebrators of all time. Ovechkin yeah. and the Capitals, man. They, fill, that, fill that cup yeah, up, Yeah, they, they did not miss a chance to party with the, uh, with the, uh, with the cup. Uh, boxing. You ever, Go ahead. You ever, been, you ever been to the Cap Center? No, I have not. I, 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 I've been to the new place for Pearl Jam. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I've been at MCI Center, me and Chet, for Starcade 97, and we threw a 12-inch 12, a 12 uh, sub box, sub sandwich. Some people call them hoagies, wherever you're listening. We call them subs here in New Jersey. But we took the train out there to see Hogan take care of that no-good sting, Hollywood Hogan. Didn't go our way. And so, you know, we threw that big sub box in the ring. Sorry, Sting. I'm a fan. You're just playing for the wrong team that night. <laughs> but, uh <laughs> I got. I got to look at that footage if we can see that sub. I think we can see it there somewhere. Uh, heavyweight boxing championship of the world, 1976. Jimmy Young challenged Muhammad Ali. Um, it went 15 rounds. Well, happy birthday, heavenly birthday to Muhammad Ali, who just celebrated, I believe, today or yesterday. Yeah. Well, he was sluggish on this night, but was awarded unanimously the fight. Um, like I said, it won 15 rounds. A year later. 35-year-old Ali won another unanimous decision against someone whose name I'm not even going to try to. Well, I guess it's Evangelista, Al Alfredo Evangelista. Uh, wrestling, uh, many matches held there. The arena hosted the Survivor Series in 95. Two WCW events were held there in 89. 
Um, and then the fun part. Let's talk about some concerts. Uh, Almond Brothers Band played the first concert ever there in December of 73. Uh, two nights after the first Bullets game. So big uh, opening week there. Um, the Almond Brothers played until 3.30 a.m. that night. Holy shit. Before curfews, I guess. I uh, guess we know who Br- Bruce Springsteen uh, pattern his style after. Yeah, the James Montgomery Blues Band played from 9 p.m. until midnight. And then the Allman Brothers played until 3.30 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the Who played there on the Quadrophenia tour a few days later. Uh, Leonard Skinner was the opening act. Uh after Keith Moon died in 78, The Who returned to the stage in 79 and played there. Jackson 5 uh, Ooh, cool. played there a few times. Michael Jackson had a few concerts, including on the Bad Tour. He did four months there. Uh, Sinatra, four months? Four nights. I'm sorry. For, uh, uh, I know. I was actually. Possible. I wouldn't be, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Four nights. Frank Sinatra played several shows there. John Denver, Eric Clapton. Led Zeppelin, uh, another four-night run um, in 77. Uh, Pink Floyd, Roger Waters, Chicago. The first two volumes of Kiss's retrospective DVD series, Kissology, included a bonus disc of late 1970s shows videotaped at the arena. Wild. Um, Kiss performed on November 75, supporting their live album Alive. Years after that show, it surfaced on various Kiss... Videos and archives, so Kiss like the film there, I guess, and then show it later. Elvis Presley, two sold-out shows in 76. His last concert at the Cap Center was on May 22nd, 1977, during his second-to-last solo tour. Yeah, that's right. Before he died, right? I guess that August, right? Yep. Rush, the Mighty Rush, performed 13 times there, first in 76, and then, you know, every tour through Test for Echo in 96. Um... What else? Jethro Tull, Grateful Dead, Blue Oyster Cult, The Eagles, Steve Miller Band, Queen, ACDC. I mean, it's DC, right? So everybody played there. Yeah. The, the Grammy Award winning Jethro Tull. Yes, the big metal act that they are. <laughs> uh, Van Halen played there with Roth and Hagar. Uh, Bruce Springsteen held 14 concerts there, including a one, two, three, four night run on the River Tour. Uh, Billy Joel, Sticks, like, I could go on and on. Rolling Stones. Ario Speedwagon, George Michael, Smashing Pumpkins. The final concert, though, Dave. Jan- mm, it's always a fun one. January 3rd, 1998. The band had previously performed there 12 times. 75, 76, 77, 78, 80, 83, 86, 87, 89, 90, 93, and 94. Those are your hints. I'll give you another one if you don't got it, and we'll see how many I have to give you before you get it. Pearl Jam. No, they were not around. No, not 88. No, yeah. All right. All right. No, I, I kind of I, I caught the end of that. Say the dates again. They played there various times between 75 and 94. Till 94. How about the Grateful Dead? Nope. Nope. This, I guess so, uh, right? Yeah. This band is from north of there. Like the city they're from is north of Washington. They're around from 75 to... Now, after 94, they continue as a band well, for I mean, a while? Well, yeah, is that they play the last show in January of 98. Yeah. Yeah. If there was a show there tomorrow, conceivably, they could play it. Okay, so they're they're active still. Okay. I mean, right. they're sort of. Sort of. All right. Mm. 
Might need a little hint there. Okay. Uh, they um, are mostly known for their singer-guitar player combo. The other guys oh, are... Rolling Stones. No. No. The other guys aren't nearly as popular. You're on the right track, but I mean, obviously... Yeah. And and yes, England probably is north of Washington, uh, but it is it is <laughs> yeah, a United, forgot about that part. It is a United guess, States band. My next band was going to be my next guest is going to be Queen. Yeah, no, they are they are from they're from the United States, and I haven't mentioned them yet. Oh boy, oh man, uh, the Who. And they're from the United States. Oh, they're not. Yeah, they're not. And from the I United States Nobody's from the United States except for the bands I listen to. Now you you listen to this band. I do. Yes. Seventy five. Yes. I mean, some cheap people trick is not a cheap trick on the arena trick. act. Here's yeah. another thing. Here's another sort of clue. Van Halen. No, I already mentioned them. An- another clue is that some people much prefer their music from the '70s and their music from the '90s. They're very different. They're, it's almost like the band rebooted in the '90s on MTV. They were always on MTV. But what about in the '80s? They're, I got a hiatus. Uh, they well, they broke up for a little bit. Um, the guitar duo, the the duo was split up a little bit. They definitely uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. There you go. Oh, God, how could I not have got that fit? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So they played the last one. Other things, real quickly. Um, they had all the events there: the circus, the globe trotters, um, numerous graduation ceremonies. Here's the last thing I'll mention. On November, January 21st, 1985, the arena hosted the inaugural festivities celebrating Ronald Reagan's second inauguration. President Reagan, Vice President George H.W. Bush, and their wives attended. Bitterly cold weather had forced a cancellation on the previous day's inaugural parade in D.C., and as a result, they held the event in the Cap Center. Um, and then on January 19th, 1993... Um, a cast that included Michael Jackson, Barbara Streisand, Elton John, uh, Chevy Chase, and so on. Bill Cosby, Jack Lemmon, James Earl Jones at the 42nd Presidential Inaugural Gala in Bill Clinton's honor. A specially reformed Fleetwood Mac performed Don't Stop, which was Clinton's song uh, back then. Did he get up there with the sax? Eh, pro- probably. Yeah, yeah. probably. Uh, that is though the Cap Center in Landover, Maryland. So, all right, Dave, it is now time for me to take a drink, sit back, and listen to the dulcet tones coming out of your voice as you give us information on where Hulk was in 1988. In this time, we had a couple of clunkers of the same matches the past few shows, but we got a good one this time. Okay, now, uh, like Steve said, our show aired on the first weekend of 1988. January, but however, it was taped way back on December seventh. Oh my, that's that's a full month. That's moldy. But since uh, we're this January now, let's 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 do January. Let's start when when the show aired, uh, opposed to when it was taped. So January second, Indianapolis, Indiana, Market Square Arena, Hulk Hogan with a big win over the big seven forty seven, the one man gang. Uh, January 5th, Huntsville, Alabama, in front of 8,500 people. It's a WWF Superstars of Wrestling TV taping. Listen to this dark match. A handicapped dark match. The Mega Powers, Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Hey, now. The first time ever teaming up 
to go over the Honky Tonk Man and the Heart Foundation. And I have spoken to Honky about this match, and he uh, does not understand why they, they didn't put it around the horn. And I told him because they needed you and Savage on the other show. You can't have Savage and Hulk on both shows time. He goes, oh, you know something. You were right. <laughs> so, yeah, I got one. Uh, I got one over on the Honky Tonk. He man. didn't realize who he was talking to there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, said, he said it in a very nice way. He said, yeah, that probably is why. <laughs> January 6th, Nashville, Tennessee, a wrestling challenge taping. Uh, I have something written down here that I do. Uh, oh, the Municipal Auditorium. Hulk Hogan over the one-man gang in a dark match. January 9th, the Boston Garden, 14,000 with a near sellout. Hulk Hogan pins ravishing Rick Rude. You can find this show back in our archives on the 24-inch podcast. After the match, um, Hulk Hogan was attacked and bloodied by none other than the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. January 10th, Madison, Wisconsin at the Dane County Coliseum. Hulk Hogan over the one-man gang. Uh, January 15th, uh, Milwaukee, as uh, the great Alice Cooper would say. At the Mecca, 12,000 fans in attendance. Hulk Hogan goes over the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. January 16th, Chicago, the Windy City, Rosemont Horizon, 10,700 fans. DiBiase over Hogan by DQ. And we'll get a couple more in. Uh, January 17th, Oakland, California at the Coliseum. Hulk Hogan over one man gang. And then finally, a lot of people think that the Hogan Root only had that one match in the Boston Garden and Root stiffed him with the chair. This is not the case because on uh, January 18th in Vancouver, British Columbia at the PNE Coliseum. That kind of sounds like a modern name for a Coliseum, right? Sure does. Uh Hulk Hogan goes over ravishing Rick Rude, and that will do it for where Hulk was. I thought that was a pretty good one this month. Absolutely. What yeah. a great month. What a great start to season four here of the 24-inch podcast. Let's take a break. We'll be back with the news from January of 88 and centered in its main event from January 2nd, 1988. Dave, we'll be right back. 1988, my man. 88, a new year for me, a new year for Damien, like two snakes forever eternal. Well, Mr. Fuji and Sika, we'd like to invite you to a New Year's party, especially for you, where I plan on changing your futures <laughs> with Damien and the DDT. Hey, Greg, what do you get when you combine Coco Beware and his bird Frankie? I don't know. Hey, one bird and one bird brain. <laughs> and tonight, I'm going to scramble him with the hammer. Strike hard. Strike first. Strike first, Bolsheviks beware. Tonight, there's going to be a real Russian revolution. But it'll be your heads that will roll. But to all our fans, here's wishing you a happy new year from the Bolsheviks and Mr. Slick. Peace, brothers. You humanoids better take notes, because I'm only going to say this once. The last time on the main event, the referee forced Andre the Giant to leave the arena. Well, that's not going to happen tonight. Because I'm stepping aside. Officially, Andre the Giant will be in the corner of King Kong Bundy. And you know what you call that? You call that Bundy mania. Bundy! 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 Bundy mania! That makes me sick just hearing the word. Cheap shot. Cheap victory. You're not for real, King Kong Bundy. 
But I can tell you one thing, man. The prayers, the vitamins, the training. Hulkamania is for real. And even if I gotta go through that big, nasty giant who's been officially put in your corner, I'm gonna prove Bundamania is dead and Hulkamania lives forever. Podcast. We are back. It's uh, the 40th anniversary of Hulkamania. We're looking back on 1988 today. Before we can get to the wrestling, we got to read the news. All right, Dave. January of 88 starts the way most years start with college bowl games. And we are, of course, way before the BCS and even further before the college football playoff. But we did on this day, Dave, have number one versus number two uh, for the national championship. The outright national championship decided at the Orange Bowl when number two Miami beats number one Oklahoma. 22-14 22-14 for the national championship. So props thank, to the Hurricanes. Thank God you didn't ask me who they beat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, January 2nd, Prime Minister Brian Mulroney and Ronald Reagan signed a Canadian-U.S. free trade agreement. Probably a pretty big deal for my neck of the woods. as I, of course, Sam, I think that's a little bit of second, second to Vince McMahon, Stu Hart in 1984 get, you know, getting together in getting some of this whatever dogs in the hearts whatever <laughs> happened there though after the fact right the Hart, uh, yeah that's tart family claims they never got any money from vince for that yes yeah, that, that's a dark side of the ring thing uh, yeah. my friend brendan was texting me about that but um sometimes those guys can be fountains of misinformation as well so who knows true uh, but you know and, and brett could be a fountain of misinformation as well so and it was a fact though that they did restart it so maybe that's why they didn't get the money who knows yeah i'm, I'm sure something shady went on there uh, January 8th, a big day for parents of high schoolers everywhere for the next 50 years. Uh, Hewlett Packer introduces the HP 28S Advanced Scientific Calculator. Uh, wow. Yeah. Remember we weren't allowed to have them in school then? I think like maybe by seventh grade we were. Well, yeah. I mean, you needed that there. if you were going to take calculus or whatever. You couldn't, you couldn't take calculus without a. You know, a scientific calculator or whatever. I, ne- I never, I never got that far. <laughs> <laughs> I did pre-calc. I hated it though. Geometry, uh, I fucking hated. Oh my god, was that? I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I was fine at geometry and algebra because it was real numbers and stuff. Then got to calculus, pre-calc. It's like this is stupid. I don't give a I don't, shit. I don't, believe, believe it or not, I was, I was never a bad student. I just did some of those crazy math, math stuff. I just really had trouble with. Hello. Big day for Dave in his childhood. January 9th, U.S. Male Figure Skating Championship won by Brian Botano, one of Dave's favorite athletes. Great, one of the greats. Uh, January 10th, we got to do one every month. Don't get God started. Closes at the Long 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 Acre Theater in New York City after 86 performances. Don't get God started. 
And I was saying not to push religion on anybody earlier on. Don't get him started, brother. <laughs> uh, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame and Ducks, Pittsburgh Pirates, outfielder and first baseman Willie Stargell on the 12th. And the next day, Steve Garvey retires from baseball. Uh, January 13th, the Supreme Court. Steve Harvey was a baseball player no. from Family Feud? No. Oh. No, a white guy named Steve Garvey. With a oh, D. that's okay. <laughs> you're, you're pulling some, uh, some, uh, what's in my cousin Vinny where he keeps changing the name? <laughs> yeah. Not James yeah, Gallo, James Gallo. Gallo. <laughs> well, that's the best. I can watch that movie over and over and over. Yeah, one, of the, one, one of those flicks. One of the best ever. January 13th, yeah. the Supreme Court rules five to three. Public schools officials have broad powers to censor school newspapers. Plays and other expressive activities. Power to the teachers. All right. January have 15th. I've had off all week for an inch of snow. <laughs> January 15th, NFL analyst Jimmy the Greek Snyder makes several questionable comments about African Americans during a lunchtime interview and is fired by CBS NFL Today. Uh, please, let's, Listen, not, let's, not, let's not talk about that on this podcast. No, but I will say this these were not mean comments. He was saying that African Americans were better athletes. He was a little clumsy about it, but he meant no harm. That he got a bad, he got a raw deal. It's a compliment, brother. Yeah, he got a raw deal there. Uh, January sixteenth, yeah. George Harrison's single "Got My Mind Set on You" tops the Billboard charts. Oh, love that song! Remember the video with all like that, like the uh, the deers that yep. like they hunted or they were singing the song in the background and stuff. They're talking. Yeah, what a good video! That's a classic video. Did you know it was a cover? I did not know. By who originally? Uh, originally written by Rudy Clark and originally recorded by James Ray in 1962. Interesting. No, I never knew that. Keep learning, man. I January like 16th, the NFL's St. Louis Cardinals announced they'll move to Phoenix and become the Phoenix Cardinals. Uh, January 17th, a legendary football game. Uh, it's called the Fumble. Uh, the AFC Championship game at Mile High Stadium in Denver. The Broncos beat the Browns 38-33. Features the infamous fumble by the Browns' Ernest Biner at the Denver three-yard line with 112 remaining. I can remember exactly where I was. My house in West Seneca. I was, I would, my, you remember, this was when TVs were furniture, these big pieces of furniture. Oh, yeah. And I would always lay on front of it and put my feet up on it, basically, on the wooden part. You know, like, to the right, there was a big wooden area where I could put my feet. And I put my feet up there and I would watch. And I remember laying there in that position. And the way the football games are shot, you're sort of behind the line of scrimmage. So I could see that Ernest Biner was going to walk into the end zone and the Browns are going to go to the Super Bowl. And this mattered to me a little bit because I my cousins were in Cleveland and they were big Browns fans. And so I was rooting for them that day. And out of nowhere, someone on the Broncos got their hand in there and knocked that ball out and he fumbled. And I just remember then, like, him sitting on his helmet on the sideline and nobody's around him. Like, he's just all alone on the Browns bench. Uh, and, of course, the Browns never never made it to the Super Bowl still to this day. Uh, but they were, you know, three yards away from it in Denver that day. Oh, boy. And poor <laughs> Ernest Biner got the ball knocked out of his hand. So Sitting down like Cena after losing to The Rock at WrestleMania yeah, or whatever. All by himself, 20, just 20, sitting on his 28. helmet. Yeah. Uh, January 17th, same day, uh, later in the day, the Redskins beat the Vikings 17-10 in Washington. An interesting thing about this game is that the Vikings team that the Redskins beat 
is the Vikings team a few weeks ago that beat the Saints in my first ever day as a Saints fan. Um, it was that first game I ever watched, Saints and Vikings. Saints got out to a, a lead, and I fell in love with them and then watched in horror as they lost 48-10 the rest of the way. Um, it was that Vikings team oh, then finally beaten by the Redskins, who had a hold on late as well. Two great championship games. Uh, the Vikings had the ball inside the 10-yard line uh, with a chance to tie, and Washington got the stop on four downs and would go to the Super Bowl. So it'd be the uh, um, Doug Williams and the Washington Redskins versus John Elway and the, uh-huh. and the uh, Redskins. The well, third... they had a lot, a lot of uh, upsets in this this year's uh, playoffs. Yeah, well, one can. one big one, of course, with uh, Dallas getting upset. Dallas and Tampa, yeah. Tampa Bay, too. Yeah, Tampa like... over the Eagles. Yeah, that's another good yeah. one. Good job. You're on top of it, Dave. Yeah. Very proud of you. Yeah, I, 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 I watched football, but I didn't watch it back in the 80s and not, you know, the Giants. It's a good bar event. You know, it is a good bar yeah, event. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I know a little bit what's going on, but I'm not going to be able to tell you anybody's stats and like that kind of. Right, but it's, it's a thing. good, it's a good uh, time yeah. to go to a, bar, especially playoffs. Yeah, go to a yeah. bar, have a few beers, some chicken wings, watch the game. All yeah. right, January 20th, the third Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, some big inductees: the Beach Boys. That's a good one. Uh, band you might not have heard of: the Beatles. Oh yeah, hmm. uh, the Beatles. I heard of the Shitty Beatles. The the Drifters. Bob Dylan. I think I've heard of him. The Supremes. Yeah, he sings. He kind of sings like somebody I know well. Woody Guthrie, Lead Belly, Les Paul, and Barry Gordy Jr. Lead Belly. Yes, Lead Belly. L e a d Belly. Lead Belly. Okay. Uh, Got me there. Barry Gordy was the founder of Motown. Okay. Cool. Uh, so he got in. Uh, let's see. What else do we got going here? January twenty seventh, defending champion mike tyson beats former title holder larry holmes by tko in round four at the convention center in atlantic city to retain the undisputed heavyweight boxing title and anyone who grew up in this era will tell you there was nothing like a mike tyson fight back no, the 80 i think 88 was his prime year too right oh that yeah. when he knocked out mike spinks that in was like 30 I think seconds, that was maybe so. 89 but yeah this is right and in it, there yeah, yeah yeah he's just crushing them and i believe Muhammad Ali was in the ring and asked him to get homes for him, and Tyson did. And we, yeah, well, that's great. And we all loved it too because we loved the Nintendo game. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So it's like everything went hand in hand. And it was just like the crowd at those fights, and it just felt so big. And he was so badass, and nobody could beat him. And it was. And I'm, I'm not. I'm no video game person. I suck at most video games. I'm, you know, Super Mario won. I'm good at it, whatever. I could beat the shit out of Mike Tyson. I can still do it now. I might lose. I might have to warm up. I might lose twice. But the third time, I got him. Yeah. For some reason, I have no idea. To be able to great, beat great Mike Tyson at Punch-Out in those days is a big deal. I can still beat him now is what I'm saying. Chet hooks up the... Uh, he's got all kinds of... But what I'm that's... saying is like the for the cloud Oh, event, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, as a kid on the playground to say I can beat Tyson at Punch-Out... And that as soon as you one. say that, someone's calling you out, and you got to prove yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Right. And you know, it's like it's the equivalent of like bagging the bagging the uh, cheerleader in high school. If you usually, yeah. You know, well, that didn't happen for me. Well, maybe you know what I mean. Forty yeah. fifth Golden Globes, January twenty third. The Last Emperor is a big winner. Michael Douglas and Sally Kirkland as well. Um, Bob Benoit bulls the first three hundred point game in a televised match. 
<laughs> I don't want to go there with right. that. But with that, January I, mean, I don't think there's any relation. Ja- <laughs> January twenty fourth, the first ever WWF Royal Rumbles won by Jim Duggan. Yeah. Oh. January twenty fourth as well, the Ace Cable Awards. Uh, take place. You notice that I don't mention the bunkhouse stampede, dude. They do not mention that. <laughs> January twenty fourth, twenty one million dollars is raised for cerebral palsy on a telethon. Very nice. Uh, January twenty fifth, the fifteenth American Music Awards. Big winners on this night: Whitney Houston, Anita Baker, and Paul Simon. Uh, that's that's got to be the Chevy Chase video, right? You could be my bodyguard. Got to be. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you can call me Al, and you, you call, call me Al. You saying I'm saying the wrong name? Yeah. Uh, January 25th, U.S. Vice President George H.W. Bush and Dan Rather famously clash on CBS Evening News as Rather attempts to question Bush about his role in Iran Contra. This starts a long hard on that uh, Rather has for the Bush family, which ends in him disgracing himself and being kicked off of CBS News uh, for for lying and being a scumbag when it co- comes to George Bush. Much later, and now he interviews musicians on like, I don't know, VH1 Classic or something. So yeah, I guess he rather would be doing that. Yes. <laughs> uh, Senate Justice Senate Judiciary Committee unanimously approves the nomination of Judge Anthony Kennedy to the U.S. Supreme Court. He's the 106th Supreme Court uh, Justice. January 20th, New York Rangers Marcel Dion scores a second period goal. In a 5-2 win, he becomes the first player in NHL history to score 20 goals in each of his first 17 seasons. Jesus Christ. That's a lot of goals, a lot of seasons. Uh, January 29th, Detroit Kirk Gibson. Detroit's Kirk Gibson signs a three-year contract with the Dodgers. Hmm. I wonder if anything important will happen with him in October of 88. I really wonder, too. Uh, and then, yeah, Dave actually does wonder. <laughs> and then on January 31st, we end here. Super Bowl 22, Jack Murphy Stadium, San Diego, California. The Washington Redskins beat John Elway and the Denver Broncos 42-10. to 10. Doug Williams, the MVP, the Washington quarterback, the second of three different quarterbacks that Coach Joe Gibbs would win Super Bowls with during his run as coach of the Redskins. The other two, Dave, of course, are Joe Theismann and Mark Rippon. I know you knew that, but we're out of time. Yeah, so we're out of time. There for you. And that we is the news. Be, we, we can't, can't be, be here all night. night. Yeah, that is the news. Good one. January of 1988. David, are you ready for some wrestling? Ready for some wrestling? Well, not wrestling, because that would be that Bunkhouse bunk Stampede shit. I'm ready for some entertainment, brother. Let's do it. All right. Well, we are... Um, in the new year, uh, this was taped, as you mentioned, they left this one a little bit stale. This got to be the stalest of stale of them yeah. all. Uh, it was recorded on December 7th, 1987 to air January 2nd, 1988. Landover, Maryland, the Cap Center, 11,000 in attendance. Um, and it's a big night. It's Hogan. It's Bundy. Um, it's a rematch of a match that they had had earlier. Sarah's main event. Prior Saturday's event, yeah. And the prior one, Andre the Giant came down but was kicked out. Well, to ensure that doesn't happen this time, Bobby Heenan actually steps back, isn't at ringside, won't be at ringside. Instead, it will be Andre as the official manager. So, before we get to all that, 
do you remember this night for by any for any reason? Absolutely. We yeah. used to always have uh my mom would even watch it. My mom and dad would always have a once in a blue moon, the earlier ones, I'd be at Auntie and Uncle Tito's house watching and sleeping over. But by this time, um I I think uh, I'd be at my uh, my own house with my parents uh wa- watching them. I think cuz my parents used to go out. My parents were when they were younger, they used to go out on a Saturday night, but by this time that had ended. So I, I, I wouldn't have to be over my aunt and uncle's house. So I, 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 but they, my mom would even be interested in, in, in Hulk's match. That's it. I was making that point on a North-South connection. Uh, yeah, maybe even my young, my youngest sister, you know what I mean, might, might have even still had a, a slight interest. Yeah, oh, yeah. We used to make popcorn. It'd be a, it'd be a big deal. Yeah, I remember this one specifically uh, because it was January 2nd. Um, and it was a, one of the great years where Christmas would fall and New Year's would fall and you had time off after New Year's before you had to go back to school. That's the best, the yeah. best, yeah. So we didn't have to go back to school till the 4th. So I, the 4th. I do remember this day, you know, my dad, who was a young man still, I mean, my dad was born in 59, so let's see, he was not even 30 yet, you know. Um, so he was out on New Year's Eve with his friends and whatnot. And then he picked me up on the first, and I stayed with him, on you know until late on the third. Um, and I remember on this night we were at his friend uh, Shram's house, uh, which is short for Shramkowski, uh, one of his Polish friends. Uh, great people, um, Sue and Ken Shramkowski. I've known him my whole life, um, and they had great parties. They had a great party house in Clarence. Uh, they had a pond. Um, and it would freeze over and you could ice skate there. I remember ice skating all day on this day, um, on the pond. And then, you know, uh, going inside, the guys were outside in the, around a heater around a fire, or they were down in Sham's basement. And, uh, you know, I asked Sue, could I watch the TV? And she said, of course. And I watched Sharon's main event and the guys would come in and out, see what I'm watching, sit with me. Oh, you how'd, know. You do, how'd you do with the sleep? I, I never had a, a problem. Uh, nah, and you know what? I was in full vacation mode. You know what I yeah. mean? There were times when I would struggle to stay up for Saturday Night's main event. I've told that story here. Uh, but I would just, like, there were times where that commercial break between, like, the end of the news and the start of Saturday Night's main event just took me out. Was, sometimes that ve- the very know, last match sometimes. Yeah, I, I would, I definitely, there was some I missed. But this time, when I'm on vacation mode and staying up late anyway, most of the week, yeah. and you know, I'm out with my dad. I'm, out, I'm with my dad for a few days. I mean, I'm, we're breaking all the rules here, you know. So I'm sure I was had no problem at all watching this one. Yeah, I, I was always always a night person. I even work. I even work second shift now. So on on a, on a Saturday, I wasn't getting up till uh, ten o'clock in the morning. You know, maybe even ten thirty. You know what I mean? So pending when pending when wrestling or the three Stooges came on at the time, I'd have to get up for that. But um. You know, so uh, I usually had uh, no problem. But maybe, you know, after 1230, I I maybe start a little bit bit of that. I'm sure my dad picked me up asleep on this on the couch at like two o'clock in the morning on this night. Uh Carried me to the car to go back to my grandma's. My dad lived at my grandma's at the time. And um, I probably slept until whenever I woke up and I would crawl out of bed and go upstairs and I'd crawl into my grandparents' bed. My grandparents, they used to get the paper and they would be in bed all Sunday morning reading the paper and I would get in bed with them and my grandma and I would read, like, the comics. We'd, cool. We'd, like, Garfield and, you know, 
Andy Cap and Peanuts and all Ziggy. The, yeah, Ziggy, all the classics. Uh, what was the the family one? Family Circle, I think, or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. We read whatever they had in there. We read them all. You know, uh, there was two usually two pay two two sheets. You know, two comic, yeah, yeah, two oh, yeah. comic pay. We would read them all. And then it's a, the Toys R Us ad would be in there. Yeah, and then my grandpa. So, would, yeah, yeah I'd look at that. My grandpa would make eggs or whatever. My dad would wake up like two in the afternoon. I'd already been to church. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been, you know, like I went to church with my grandparents. It's home. Already watched one of the Cindy's or whatever at noon. You know, my dad crawling out of bed at two in the afternoon. You hungry for a hot dog? <laughs> Sounds like my current life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure, Dad. I'm hungry for a hot dog. All right, let's go to Ted's. You know, or whatever. Yeah. So, all right, uh, let's get started. So, I played the interviews at the top there. You know, we had uh, Jake, uh, Greg Valentine, Strike Force, Slick and the Bolsheviks, Bobby Bundy, and Andre. Uh, we get to the opening, the Jesse and Vince opening, uh, welcoming us in. Happy New Year, setting the stage for the night. Um, and Gene chats with Hogan, who is doing Hindu squats, and then says he's in shape to do a bunch of crazy shit and destroy Bundamania and get his hands on Andre. And then Bundamania, I love it. And then I love their promo. And then we're into the first match, which is one of my favorite Saturday Night's Main Event gimmicks, the two out of three falls tag match. Yeah, oh, I was thinking that. Why it was always on Saturday Night's Main Event, two, I was uh, two out of three. It had to be something that Ebersol liked. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. He must, just wants it, to like that. And he loved Jake, too. You always got a lot of Jake on Saturday Night's Main Event uh, and uh, Macho Man as well. But it is a weird one. The Hulk match falls in a weird spot. Yep, and right? we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. But we start off with Strike Force, Tito Santana and Rick Martel, newly champions. Uh, they had won, what, about two months earlier in Syracuse. Uh, well, in, um, in, in the time for the taping, it, it, yeah, it was only like a month. But right. by, the time, by the time it aired, yeah, two months. Yeah. Uh, they had defeated, they will wrestle the Bolsheviks, Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov uh, with Slick. They come down first. They sing the Russian national anthem. Strike Force comes out. Strike Force was probably my least favorite tag team champion of the era. Um, I didn't like this team. My dad and his friends hated this team. They were big Heart Foundation fans. Yeah. And they made me... I liked Tito, but I was never a big Martel guy. It just didn't work for me. Um, I like Tito. I like Tito single. I don't like the you know, I like, you know it sounds silly, but I like the blue in mean, the blue. I mean, the if red. you're talking... If we go back to, say, U.S. Express... You know, and you go U.S. Express, you know, you go uh, Sheik and Volkov, you know, you go to the Bulldogs, you go to the Hart Foundation, you go to Strike Force, you go to Demolition, you know, let's say we cut it off at 90, there's a couple others. They just don't rate with the other ones to me. T- Tito's not a pretty boy, even though he's a good looking guy. It just didn't work. He's, he's a fiery, you know. Can Am maybe would have been better. It, it's, it's another. Yeah, ex- Tom Zink was a pretty yeah. boy, like Martel. It's yeah. another Tito's example not. of them. It's another uh, Corporal Kirshner, you know, another um, Danny Spivey. C.V. Afi. Afi. It's another, okay. We lost the guy, so let's have someone who kind of looks like the guy be the guy, and let's a just... way a way better guy right. uh, wrestler wise, but not fitting into that right round peg square hole kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's not like even though great looking man, you know, you know as a straight uh, heterosexual but also guy, like a family man. Guy. 
And he, yeah, yeah, not a heartthrob, you know. Yeah, he oozed family. Like he wore family. Like, he, I don't think we knew uh, he was a family man, but he just. He didn't feel like Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, or right, you know, exactly. It it just didn't work. I was never a fan of them, um, and I tried here, but I was a huge, huge pop when Demolition beat them at WrestleMania four for me. Uh, two three two out of three falls here. An interesting two out of three falls match where it's a sweep. Uh, they win both falls. Um, yeah, and- well, I mean, both of for kind of like fodder. I've- you know, after she she left, it really weren't. I mean, mid card. But usually the play start. the play in every two out of three falls match is the heels win the first fall. Yeah, I thought Nikolai put on a good performance in this match. Love Nikolai. I thought he did really well out there. Yeah, the Bolsheviks did a good job doing what they were supposed to do here. They uh, did, and they put uh-huh. Strike Force over like a million bucks. And you know, good for them. Not for me necessarily. Seven fifty five. Strike Force not for me, but I had no problem watching this back. And that's always good for like the Saturday Night's Main Event audience that don't know wrestling. Oh, look, the evil Russians. You know yep. what I mean? To start the show, it kind of to get get the eyes glued on it. And hey, you look at our I mean? champions. You know? Yeah, yeah. Here's our champions. Look, and I always loved in the beginning when Jesse and Vince were like, "We have two, or we have three, whatever it was, title championship matches." matches. It yeah. always felt big, and. Um, you know, one of my all-time favorite matches is the Hart Foundation and British Bulldogs best two out of three uh, match where the Bulldogs yeah. win, and then Jesse laughs. Ha ha, there was a DQ. May of 87. Yeah, which, it. of course, then they ignore at uh, that rule in SummerSlam 90, uh, which, because of that match, it delayed my pop in 90. So I thought they, the, all, I thought they, they weren't going to get the belts, yeah. Also, the only Saturday Night's main event of our era not to feature Hulk Hogan. Right. Yep. Uh, I mean, he was. they had an interview segment. Right, yeah, with uh, Hogan. My, that was when they were saying Andre won, right? Uh, there, is, there is, uh, there's one more with uh, before the earthquake match at SummerSlam 90 where he just does an interview. So there's two. All right, second match. Uh, Jake Roberts defeats Sika with Mr. Fuji in 355. Sort of a funny spot here in the interview room. Uh, with Fuji comes out with Sika, and he's got mustard and a giant yeah, piece of bread, yeah. and they're basically threatening to have like a really big snake sandwich. I wish there was more heels like Sika that weren't afraid of the snake. Sometimes they used being afraid of the snake as a crutch too much. I didn't like you know? Andre being af- being afraid of the snake. Yeah, I like this. I like uh. Sika's like a snake. I'll eat the snake. I'm not afraid of the snake. Yeah, uh, and that's that's another that's another attention grabber guy. Saturday Night's Main Event. Like, look at this guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How's Jake the Snake? If you don't know wrestling, how's Jake the Snake gonna handle this guy? Now, Seek is a replacement for uh, Rest in Peace Killer Khan. It was uh, he had left the WWF. And yeah, more on Killer Khan later. Yeah, he has recently passed on. So yeah. rest in peace. Wink, wink. More on him later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's that. All right. Next, anything else you want to say about that one? Jake wins. Doesn't do the DDT though. Wins on a roll up. It's weak. Well, you know, to well, me. I love that because I because uh, Sika has a hard head, so the DDT may <laughs> not affect work. It. Neutralized. Might not affect yeah, it. Neu- yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that hard? That's a good, it, good it, point. It just, Jesse keeps pointing out about the hard head throughout yeah. the whole match. So he rolls so. him up instead from behind, and yep. then Fuji gets trapped in the ring, and we see a little snake. So uh, we're get- Hogan's next. We'll skip over that. We'll do that last quickly though. Uh, after the Hogan match, we have one more. A weird spot for a Hogan match is always first or second. Yep. 
instead third. But I guess that other one's only three minutes. The secret stuff. Yeah, so I guess you do that quick, and then this way you only have the one match in between the end. I would think they would have started with Jake and Sika, went to Hulk and Bundy, and did the tag third. That's how they. That was the normal formula. But I, you know what? I bet the reason yeah. they didn't is because it's a new champion, and they want to feature them a little bit. Right. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Could be. So, all right. Greg Valentine with Jimmy Hart. And it was quicker. There's two falls in a row. Yeah. Instead of going yep. longer. 7.55 they got. So. Yeah. This one goes 7.30, and Greg, Greg Valentine defeats Coco Beware by submission. I thought this match was great. Uh, relative to what it was, you know what I mean? It's not great compared to, like, Steamboat Savage, but, you know, for no. this last match, this spot on Saturday Night's main event is often, like, the next one is One Man Gang defeats Ken Patera in 347. Yeah, that's not Right? This is a good match for this spot. I thought Valentine worked hard. I thought Coco worked hard. I thought Jimmy was great. Yeah, Coco Beware is a tremendous professional wrestler. And he was I mean, great he in this size. match. Yeah. Yeah, uh, real. He, prof- wouldn't, he wouldn't have been around so long and brought back so many times if, if he wasn't. You know, he, he really he knew how to get that crowd going. That's why they'd have him out there early a lot, a lot. Yeah, no, this that was kind a, of thing. I thought a real sleeper match. Like I probably haven't watched it in thirty years. You know, like really sat there and watched it like I did. You, tur- you turned it off by this point. You know, yeah, like, I, but because we were doing this, I really sat down and like let me check this out, and I was really blown away by it. Um. You know, I'd, I'd probably give it three stars. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, thank, and thank God Greg just got out of that new dream team. That didn't work. Yeah, that didn't work. And he's great here. He really is. I thought he showed some good personality in the in the thing with uh, with Gene. Um, I thought he was really good. I have Justin. Uh, I have his. I wonder, I'm just curious what he gave it. Um, just because, you know, different. He only gave it one and a half. See, he's not being honest there. He did barely watched it, probably. Uh, well, Brooke, I mean, whatever. I mean, he he wasn't. He, he uh, I'm a big listener of Justin. And he got into wrestling, I believe it's 1990, so he didn't live it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's you're gonna look at things. We start doing stuff that we didn't live. We're probably gonna yeah. Don't rate get, things don't, lower. Don't, you don't know? get me started on their countdown of every WrestleMania match. I already want to throw up. Um, uh, it's just too many for me to 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 watch. Uh, that I, you know, I'm, I don't have interest in. You I mean, know, I guess I watch it until I find out what it is, and usually then I shut it off. But yeah. the match that's really bothered me is the, the um, Ted DiBiase versus uh, Duggan match from WrestleMania Four because that's a good good match that tells a great story. Duggan's so over, and, and DiBiase's they, the hottest heel in the company. Their ranking is ridiculous. Like it, the the next match is like some kind of bad. Bed sheets divas match where they. Well, I, might take, not, I might not be able to complain there, but, <laughs> but, but come on, but, right? But it's a wrestling list, you know. It's yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ridiculous. There was one real good one. I think it was WrestleMania 19 because Hogan, Hogan McMahon, Stacy Keebler, and Tori Wilson. Oh my God, they. I'm not saying the girls aren't hot, and I would. That could have. No, I'm saying that segment could have been on Showtime, brother. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Gene is with Bundy. Heenan and Andre, and Heenan reaffirms he'll not be at ringside tonight as Andre will be the official manager for this match only. Bundy says it's doctor's orders due to his neck and that Bundy will end Hulkamania. Context there on the previous Saturday Night's main event, Hogan threw Bundy or threw Heenan by the neck, so he's playing up that injury. Next, Gene is with Hogan, who talks about the dark cloud over his 1987, and some Hulkamaniacs are worried. 
He talks about meeting a jacked up Ronald Reagan and says that the summit meeting was all he needed here in D.C. to end Bundamania and get his hands on the giant. Great promo, really topical. Um, Gorbachev had just visited uh, D.C. and met with Reagan, sort of the end of the Cold War. He references that um, and turns it around into our world. Really great. I love that Bundamania, too. Bundamania is a great tagline. They didn't use that in the WrestleMania 2 stuff, should right? have. No, they, they should, should have. have. Yeah. Thought of it too late, I guess. They probably thought of it like on the plane ride home. If we ever do Hogan and Bundy again, we got to do that. <laughs> he did Bundaholics, too, I think, yeah. at one point. All right, here we go. A huge rematch from November. One has been well-hyped and built. Uh, but, of course, the notes here. Shout out to the Place to Be Nation, uh, the flagship show, Justin and... Um, Scott, Scott, I'm on the next taping of that. We tape on Monday, um, and I'll be doing the Buffalo as the my city. Um, so look out for that. Uh, these are their notes. They always you did something. You did a Hershey Park. Uh, so, yeah, that was Cronoso. That was on Cronoso. That was Cronoso. Yeah. There's, so, there's so much stuff. That, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. But uh, I'll be on that. I always seem to have a good time on the with Scott and Justin. So uh, well, I would imagine there's a superstars taping you're doing. Yeah, we're doing the superstars taping from '87. We're going to talk about the Steamboat match. We're going to talk about the Jake and Hogan and Killer Khan segment. Snake Pit. And yep. also about a surprise appearance by Mr. T that day. One of the other things. The, like the that referee. Yeah, put okay. a smile on my face on an otherwise miserable day. Um, all right. So here we go. Bunny and Andre stalk to the ring to booze. And their presence is great. Hogan power walks out to his usual huge pop. As we get settled in, Jesse says Hogan will be focusing on Andre instead of Bundy, and that could be trouble. We start with a lockup, and Hogan dodges an avalanche and shoots Bundy from the corner to corner and then pelts him with a big boot that drives the challenger to the floor. Andre comes over to confer, and that doesn't go great as Bundy returns and then gets driven right back to the floor. Bundy comes back again, and Hogan unloads on him, uh, starting to work the wrist and arm. Bundy turns the tie with a hair pull. And now he grabs hold of the arm and works out for a bit. Hogan punches free and slams Bunny in a great spot, but Bunny dodges an elbow and Hogan's arm slows him down. Bunny works in some punches and a slam, but now he misses a pair of elbow drops. Hogan fires up and drills King Kong Bunny with a clothesline in the corner. Bunny reverses a whip and shoots Hogan to the corner, and then the avalanches both Hogan and the ref. Um, awesome. That's Jack Kruger. He's also yep. a jobber, that ref. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Kruger's the Ralph Hebner will replace him. Um, Bunny misses a splash, and Hogan empties the tank with punches and elbow shots, knocking the challenger to the floor. Andre checks on King Kong Bundy as we get a new referee in the ring. Saturday's main event always needed a break here and there, and they found creative ways to take him, and this is the way to take a break here. They got to replace the Ralph. We'll be right back with the new Ralph. I was nervous on this one, let me tell you. Yep. Uh, the old ref is stretched out, and the match restarts. Bunny gets back inside and regains control, dropping some heavy knees to the chest and then chopping the champ to the floor. Hogan climbs back in, but Bunny's relentless hammering away and getting an ear fall before going into a chin lock. Bunny releases and then hits two avalanches in the corner. Bunny stood next to Hogan with their feet touching as he demands a five count as Jesse demands that that be a legal pin since they were touching. That was ridiculous, I thought. Jesse's like, hey, he's boot is touching his boot no. get out of here jesse uh bunny yes. yeah <laughs> if bunny wants to pin him cover him then 
Yeah. Uh, bunny. Or, or at least place the boot on them. Yeah, know, like, step on it. Uh, not, oh, they're t- uh, yeah. touching against. That's not a cover. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I thought that was that was ridiculous, I thought. I was annoyed by that for whatever reason. Uh, Bundy drops the splash, but Hogan kicks out and fires up, hulks up, unloading on Bundy and then finishing with the leg drop in short order. Jesse's livid about the supposed missed pinfall as Andre sneaks up, gets in the ring, but backs off. So acts like he's going to leave. Then, of course, the famous shot, which is on many video packages for years, him sneaking in in the suit coat and grabbing Hogan behind by the hair and rattling with headbutts and a giant choke that breaks the champ down to the mat. The Bulldogs, which I loved because I loved them, came out to help, but they're no match for Andre. Eventually, the locker room just empties to save Hogan. Um, here's what just This is Justin's editorial, and then we'll give ours. Uh, this was fine, about the same as November, effective and crisp in the back end, but was sluggish early. I didn't get that impression. Uh, once they got a groove, it picked up. Andre at ringside was a fun angle, too, and the post-match attack was great and really well done and adds a ton of heat to their already burning issue. This was a good final salvo and late-run bump for Bundy. We won't see again for a while. He gives it two and a half stars. I'll give it three and a half. Um, I thought it was better than Justin did. Um, I thought it, there was some really great classic Hogan here. Uh, I thought the Hulk up was great. The way he blew out of that avalanche was amazing. Um, I thought Andre really uh, added to the drama, the tense. Like Dave said, he was scared. I remember being scared. You know, you always felt like the odds are against him. The referee goes down. They got to bring another referee in. Uh, it felt like it was nervous time. Um, Hulk gets a clean win, which, you know, oftentimes he doesn't in these you know he hadn't the time before he's actually the loser um so nice for him to get his win back you know bundy i guess got a visual win if you want to believe jesse uh jesse's a pain in the ass the way he should be you know and gets aggravated uh and they set up the main event you know this basically serves as a build-up to the hogan match on the main event uh which airs february 5th of course they also have the rumble in between there to help build as well uh, but this is the first step towards the first Hogan-Andre match at WrestleMania 3. I thought it's really good business done here. Like I said, I'll go three and a half. Dave, your thoughts? I'm going to go four stars because I was so scared when Andre was down there. And that, that Hogan, man, at this era, he moved for 300-pound guy. He looks like a big racehorse out there running around that ring. That guy, could he could move for, for a big man. I know a, a couple of years later that changes up a bit, but not at this time. Uh, what a match by two by two giants! You know, it's really, really, really good stuff. And the stuff with Andre, the 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 aftermath, I was just like, I felt like I, I know it's gonna sound like a Hulk Hogan promo, but I felt like the air was coming out of me when he was being choked down, and nobody could help him. And I love when Hacksaw. It's a prelude to Andre's next feud. Andre's next feud is gonna be with Hacksaw. The two by four is supposed to break over Andre's back. It doesn't break. But Andre still releases Hulk. But then Duggan hits the two-by-four on the canvas when he jumped out of the ring. And it fell into the crowd and hit a kid. So they had to bring the kid into, into the back area and you know, give him all merchandise and let him meet the Hulkster <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, if you look back, you can see that happen. You see that two-by-four go flying. Lucky no, nobody got a big splinted by it or anything. You lost an eye. You see Duggan look back in fear like, oh, shit. Shit, I'm gonna get fired again. Right. You know, <laughs> they just brought <laughs> he me just back. Came back. Yeah. yeah, you know. But um, yeah, it is, it is so strange 
Um, you know what? Maybe I'll go. I'll I'll go down to three and a half from four because there's no mention of Ted DiBiase at all. Right? Or did I miss something? And they already did no. the whole hell no. I'm hell no. I'm not. There's one. You're not buying my. There's belt. one really subtle thing. When Brain is talking about the year ahead, he mentions he's going to make one of the biggest deals in the history. He did. Of yes, he did. Yes, he did say that. Okay. That's so you the, know what? I'll go. I'll back up the four then. <laughs> back to four. Yeah. yeah. Back up the four. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so I guess TV uh, after this, uh, they, that's when he said, I will deliver the bell. Mm-hmm. Chet loves that. And he still called it the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, you know? Yeah, he just and, said whatever. Uh, yeah, he, he just, yeah. yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, the tag, and then, they, then they became the tag team titles the next month, yeah. somehow. I'm here for <laughs> one reason. The challenge of a world championship match yeah. the WrestleMania. <laughs> The eighth one there, there's only well, only one. Yeah, and I remember like the whole, the whole Phil Collins take me home with Andre holding the belt and the suit. I remember just being like, he's, uh, they really built him back up from the loss of WrestleMania three, just right back to even stronger or just as strong. You know what I mean? Like yeah, this, he's this, a problem. This guy, Uh-oh. yeah, this guy we is a problem. a problem on our hands here. Yeah, for sure. And this, uh, I got to throw out since I mentioned Phil Collins. This is the last um, take yeah, me home. Last time, and it's it. and it's the last my obsession, obsession. for the beginning. Yep, they change once you up. have once you have the main event on Friday, February fifth, eighty eight. You get the regular Saturday night's main event uh, theme that stuck with it throughout the uh, rest of the NBC run. It really sounds a lot like it too. I mean, and that's that's good too. I mean, yeah. I have when I watch them on Peacock, I'm like, all right, you know, what I mean, it's not so bad. It's not some generic shit they do for like Root, <coughs> Root or Steamboat. You know, at least it's you know, at least it's a good song and it went on for you know all the 88 89 great saturday night's main events as well yeah from 90 absolutely to a degree yeah all right that's the that's that for now so we're gonna take a break when we come back uh, we'll give you some plugs we'll read some emails some comments and uh, we'll make the announcement for the next show but season four off to a great start uh rest in peace bundy 40 years of hulkamania uh we'll be right back Four Inch Podcast Season Four Premiere. I believe this is the forty sixth or forty seventh episode of the show. Either way, Season Four, Episode One. A few plugs here. Don't forget the Sportscasters Podcast. You can find it on SoundCloud.com. Hey, sports. congratulations on that Bob Costas interview. Yes, the, excellent, good job. You can find that interview on SoundCloud.com. Slash sports dash caster Season Fourteen. I'm up to over there. And as Dave mentioned, the premiere features an interview I did with Bob Costas, uh, who's someone that transcends sports, right? Like when I told my grandma, she knows who Bob Costas is, you know, and it was a chance for my grandma to be proud of me because she doesn't know most of the people on the show. 
Cool. But she watched anyone who watched the Olympics for the last thirty years probably knows who he is, right? Yeah, but me and her grandmother are in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Just kidding. At sports underscore casters, the sports casters at gmail.com. <laughs> Go ahead. I know Fred Mangion too. <laughs> yep, you know Fred, and you know uh, a lot of the music guests I've had over the years. Of course, Eddie Trunk. Come on, yeah, that's yeah. one there. Uh, Conrad Thompson. Conrad, yeah. Con- uh, 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 Meltzer. Oh, I didn't know that. You interviewed Meltzer? I had Meltzer one time. I had. Um, you got to send me that. Who's Pro Wrestling Insider at him? I don't know. A couple times. Uh, Mike, or no, what's his name? The fat guy. Uh, he's a nice guy. He's a little roly-poly guy. He has one of the sites. I had him. Uh, I had Meltzer's buddy a couple times. I had the guy who wrote um, who wrote uh, wrestling, Wrestle Crap, that guy. R.D. Reynolds. R.D. Yeah. Reynolds, yeah. I, had. I would love to have been on a show with you with a couple of these jabronis. Oh, yeah. Alvarez I yeah. had. Normally, when I would get them is when someone died. So I'd Al t- Perez, the wrestler? Alvarez. Oh, Al, Billy, uh, Billy Alvarez. Um, yeah, Brian Alvarez. Brian Alvarez. Billy, Billy Alvarez. So like, I down. think when Roddy Piper died, for example, I wanted to do an interview with someone who knew about Roddy yeah. Piper. So I'd get a guy like that, you know? Did you and Meltzer have any disagreements, or you're just kind of... No, I, I kind of remember it not being that great. It was early. It was like 11 or 12, and it was early podcast days, and he, I remember he was easy to book, but then I didn't feel like he wanted to do it that much. You know, I, mean, like, I, don't, I don't hate the guy. I'm just like... He was okay. You know, polar opposites of two things we I, love. I challenged I mean? his WrestleMania 3 rating, and he said he wouldn't grade it as bad as he did now than he did then. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, and he attended. He fucks with the attendance too, which is bullshit. Right. Which I wish I would have pushed. With. The the thing yeah. I always say about the attendance with him is like, okay, you want to say ninety two thousand is a work number? It probably is. Okay, fair. But he says it's like seventy thousand. Here's the problem I have. If you look online and say what's the capacity for a Lions game, it was about eighty thousand. Right. You look at the picture they take from the top row. Every seat is full, and there's a couple thousand people on the floor. So how is it 70,000? How is it less than a Lions game? And Zane Breslov, who gave him the information to 78,000, was working for the NWA at the time that he gave him the information. Yeah, I don't I don't buy all that, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, finish the plugs. 24-inch podcast uh, as well. We're on the Sportscasters feed on SoundCloud. At 24-inch podcast. At 24-underscore-inch-podcast. underscore podcast. That's Instagram. The last one was Twitter. 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. Search 24inchpodcast. Join our group on Facebook. Uh, that's good enough for now. But, um, yeah, check out that Bob Costas interview if you want. Uh, I'm pretty proud of that. I worked really hard on it. Did a lot of research. Watched a lot of videos. Some really cool talk. We talked about Vince McMahon. He talked about working with Vince on the Letterman show when they were going to be. They were in di- different hospitals. We talked about that. We talked about his interviews on the HBO show, the one where they fought, the one where they didn't. He did uh, answer a question to a wrestling myth or legend. Was he originally booked for WrestleMania 7 and then backed out? Yes or no? And he gives his answer to that. You can see it on the show. So what he says about some people say he was booked. Some people say, well, they never mentioned on TV. It's just a rumor. Uh, But he tells you about that. And he also talks about being the uh, announcer at the War to Settle the Score, too. So. Some wrestling crossover there. All right. I have an email. I'll get us started, Dave. It's from Lucas Calhoun who emailed us at 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. He says, hey, guys, 
I know on the last cast, you guys are asking for out-of-the-box suggestions for the show, and I thought about jumping into a time machine and going back to 1981 Memphis, Tennessee to watch some guy named Terry the Hulk Boulder take on another legend of the squared circle, Jerry the King Lawler. The match is available online. It's a great watch. Anyway, keep up the good work, and Hulkamania will never die. Thank you, Lucas. Dave and I talked about this, Lucas. And what we're going to do at some point this season is we're going to get four or five matches, sort of standalone things from different promotions um, where Hulk wrestled. And we're going to do each of the matches that as like the, the main part of the show. So we will write that down. And uh, sometime this season, Lucas, uh, I promise, uh, unless I yeah. die of Crohn's disease again this year and we only get like six shows. But if we get a full show, we will do it this year. Because we're not, we're, yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think either one of us would enjoy sitting through three hours of uh, one of those shows to get if the they even Waller, exist. You know I mean? Who knows? So yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll do like three or four or five, whatever. We'll look at the, the lengths of the matches. Uh, different, you know, where Hogan's in this. Maybe we'll we can do Hulk, grab uh, Hulk's. Th- yeah. Hulk's debut in the WWF where he's wearing Gorilla Monsoon's jacket, the yellow jacket. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, we, yeah, where he's with um, Classy Freddie Blassie. Or, yeah, maybe something with Andre Che. Yeah, you know? so we'll put a few matches together and we'll do that this year, Lucas. All right, Dave, you got one too, right? Yeah, Kevin uh, Hogan, good old Kevin Hogan. Could always rely on him for a question. Guys, if King Kong Bundy hadn't departed the WWF under the circumstances that he did, what do you think they would have done with him? Could you see him... At- him in a run as a monster heel world champion or do you think the roster was too stacked with top talent for that to happen kevin i will go first i do not see him as the champion he had his chance you know multiple times as uh we've covered here in a 24 podcast i do see a face turn for him though he had a really good personality on him and um you know, he, he, there's big boss man was coming in. There was other uh, you know, gang became Akeem. There was uh, these other big monster heels. So he might have started Earthquake, of course. He's like the, the Bundy's replacement, basically, right? It's very, very similar. Um, I think Bundy would have would have uh, uh, turned good, kind of like that idea with Stud. You know, maybe not at the same time, but uh, I think he he could have pulled off being a a, a, a a baby face. Steve? Yeah, I think Bundy, I wish he would have stuck around longer, but he also, I think, works good as an attraction. You know, um, someone who maybe comes and goes. I wish he would have came back maybe a couple more times than he did. Yeah, it was too late by the you time know, he came back. Yeah, for small runs before he did eventually. He should have went to WCW in 94, not WWF. That would have made way more sense. Yeah. You know, I mean, Dungeon of Doom, <coughs> Dungeon of Doom, or something. You know, that he, he just did, didn't fit in in WWE at, at all in '94. But I think Bundy's the kind of guy who, you know, he he says this in that shoot. You know, he always worked main events. You know, and yeah. I think that's what he was used to doing. And as he felt, I don't think he wanted to just stay and fall down the card like a lot of the heels would when they were done with Hogan. Mm-hmm. But I do think, like as a talent, there was more there. You know, um, I think they could have got more out of him. If yeah, well, the reason why he left is that uh, the computer um, computer company gave out I don't know if it was IBM or whatever. Yeah, gave him he did that ad. Commercials. Yeah. Of course, Vince wants all the money, you know. So the same old situation, like uh, in the words of Vince Neil. Yep. Well, yeah. Happy booth- birthday to them as well, huh? Yeah, Motley Crue, uh, forty three years, and I shall be forty four in June. Your so top like five Crue songs are? Oh my God, it's like uh, your favorite children, but I'm gonna go. 
I didn't, I love Bitter Pill. Okay, that's uh, your number that's one. 98 yep. greatest, greatest Hits. Afraid from Generation Swine. Mm-hmm. I'd put two. Three, it's just, it's kind of like an obvious one, but I mean, Dr. Feelgood, that intro, it's just, it's just insane. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Wild Side. Um, oh, my God. I love this song, um, Tonight. It's a, it's a, it's not on the Too Fast for Love, but it's on, like, the, uh, the remasters. Okay. Uh, it's a really good song. It's, a, it's that cover from the Raspberry, so since it's a cover, I won't use it. Um, yeah, Livewire, you know? All right, I will go. Let's see. I will go number one, um, Afraid. Uh, number right. two, Don't Go Away Mad. Just go away. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, number three, Knock Em Dead Kid. Great. Uh, number four, let's see, I have two spots left. Do I want to put another hit in? I know you like, uh, I know you like, um, Ten seconds of love too. A red hot. Yeah, like red that. hot. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to decide if I want to give another. Like, I'm thinking too. Like the the how iconic, you know, the drums are at the beginning of Doctor Feelgood. Yeah, that that beginning is just yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll put Doctor Feelgood at number four. Yeah. Um, and I'll put um too young to fall in love at five. Too young to fall in love was excellent, excellent. I mean, I could have used any of those too. I mean, when, just like you with Pearl Jam. When yeah, favorite, I mean, what is it, your favorite band? This I mean, this subject to change. I just wanted yeah, yeah. to, yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah, honor of their way, birthday. You know, throw five out. And you have really got me into Bitter Pill too. Like, yeah, on another day that could easily be because I remembered it and then forgot about it because it's not really on anything. You can't. No, you can't get it. Only YouTube. Yeah. So I. But those. I Those forgot two songs about it. Yeah. in ninety seven, ninety eight, you know, people were like, You still listen to Molly Crew? Like, what? Come on, the eighties, hair bands, blah blah blah. So I would just, you know, in the football locker room, I played football high school or in somebody's car driving to the mall, just slip on afraid and the person would be bopping their head, like, What a good song. Who is this, Dave? It's fucking Motley Crew. What? You know what I mean? And then boom, you know, they go out and buy Generation Swine. And that that's how I worked it. And it and ended up being all my friends or um, just about all of them are Motley Crue fans. Yeah, my my version yeah. of that song was "Beat Yourself Blind" by Skid Row. Okay, because uh, yeah. I, I would say I'd say, "Oh, did you hear the new Allison Chain song?" And I'd play that. Yeah, that's good. That's definitely a good way to put it. And yeah. um, you know, usually people are like, "This is an Allison Chains because it's obviously only one singer and. You know, but it has that feel to it. Like it could yeah. have easily been an Alice in Chains song, um, and it was on you know Subhuman Race, which is their album that came out in the, you know, very much in the grunge era. But you know, it's different for me in the sense that, you know, at my school I hung out with the rock crowd. That was one of the crowd. I was a you know I was an athlete, hung out with athletes. I also hung out with the rock crowd, and then my school was unique because it was arts academy. So we were you know like seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty percent female. Um, so there wasn't a ton of guys anyway, but like my best guy friend was, is the biggest Smiley Crew fan I know besides you. So there wasn't like any, like, like we were, we were pumped the day after they were on the American Music Awards or what, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, you know, I, I still had a couple of friends like that, but not, not the majority. I didn't have the, like the yeah. bigger group, they listened to rap music and shit like that. You know, oh, so we God, never, yeah. we just never talked about music with those people. You know what I we, mean? Like that was the bigger, the bigger group. All the rock people, we like embraced all rock because we were such a small group anyway. That you know, we weren't. You're not gonna. 
you might say like, oh, I like, I don't like the Pumpkins as much as I like these other bands, you know, that kind of a thing. But you never like, we never just wrote off a whole genre or whole, maybe that's why it's different for me. You know, like a lot of Van Halen fans, they have to like one or the other. You know, right. to me, so I two just, different bands. I just always like both. You know, yeah. you can't like the '90s because it was an affront to the '80s. I just uh, like both. It's not necessarily you know? I don't like it. No, I, I, it's I kinda, definitely it. You have a hard on for it. I have a hard on for it. That's a better yeah. way of putting it. I like it. You know, the Alice James song come on every man, man in the box come on the radio. It's getting fucking cranked. You know what I mean? Um, Giving the fly by Pearl Jam comes on the radio. It's getting fucking cranked up. You know what I mean? I, don't, it's not, it's I know you like SCP a little bit. I love SCP actually. Yeah, we're actually one of probably one of my top ten favorite bands. You know, no, so yeah, that's it's not necessarily true. It's just kind of like my 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 fight back against people that I guess are fighting, fighting those me people on just it. didn't yeah. exist in front of me just because yeah. of the demographics of my school. So right. I I just we just always liked whatever. With me, it was all rap, 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 rap. Yeah. Like, we 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 had the worst four years at a football locker room. We finally thank God one of the we had I think three captains. One of the captains was best friends with me. Chris Gogol, he listens to some of the shows I saw him the other night. He uh, he's on, he's a few shows behind. He's on our Nikolai Volkov show. So luckily, I had him because he was one of the captains. Like, we need, can we please play rock one in the dressing room? Right, mix like, it up know, a little bit. Yeah, how many fucking puff times you listen to fucking Puff Daddy and Mo Money, Mo Prop? You know yeah. what I mean? Jesus Christ, already on it's the just, whole. My class trip was to Cedar Point, which is basically in Cleveland. So we're about three hours from there. It was three hours of the. Tupac, whatever Tupac album was out, you know what I mean? It's like I just put my headphones on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you can always win them over on the Rocky soundtrack, no matter what. Though we if, had if, if, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish up on Rocky. No, I'm saying even the you know the majority of the football team was rap rap guys because people follow trends, you know. And you had your three or four of us that like rock, but if they, if they were if they were holding their foot down and saying no, no rock, only rap, I said, well, how about the Rocky soundtrack? Okay, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that yeah. Pumps you up. So Pump up. We, yeah. we always got that in there, yeah. And then there's the one Garth Brooks fan in the school, too, in the 90s. Yep, yeah, that actually yeah, was. Yeah. My, friend, my, my friend Ron. Yeah, someone's yeah. like, you got a little... Yeah. He's selling out 13 straight nights at the, at the, at the fucking Met Life. What do you mean you don't like him? Or Giant yeah, Stadium yeah. then, or whatever. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> interesting thing is that my school, like, we had to have two prom songs because half the, the school president... And there was a vote, and We've Got Tonight by Bob Seger won the vote. But the losing song, those were very loud students in the school. Um, you take that for what it's worth, and they wouldn't accept the vote. So then as a compromise, we had to have both. We had to have a Mary J. Blige song as well. I could not tell you what the song no. is. But it just, there was a vote of the student body, and We've Got Tonight won, but that still wasn't good enough, and we had to have... Yeah, we had. What do we have? We had um, uh, Green Day. um... Time of your life. Yes, yes, yes. That was everybody's that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had that. That played at our prom. It wasn't the. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind them. You know, they're they're okay. And all the literature was like, "We've got tonight." That was the theme, and that was the song. So obviously, but the DJ had to be like our first prom song. Our second prom song is like, (laughs) this is so stupid. Double play Wednesday. Yeah, give me a break. (laughs) All right, let's go, Dave. We're going to be back in a couple weeks. Um, I'm happy with where we're at here. We're a good start. We would have been started even a week earlier, uh, but the weather in Buffalo slowed us down. But what are we doing next time, Dave? 
Okay, we gotta say rest in peace to one of the uh, iconic legends that also holds a special place in both of our hearts, Killer Khan, who um, unfortunately collapsed in his restaurant in Japan and passed away, uh, I believe, of uh, heart failure at the age of 76. And um, my first ever live wrestling match at the Meadowlands, August 1st, 1987, Hulk Hogan defended the title against the Mongolian giant Killer Khan. And Steve, has you have a story as well. Yeah, it's, I was there for when first. they shot the angle. Yep, shot my the first angle. Yep. So what we're going to do is um, we'll talk about the angle. Maybe we'll watch that snake pit yeah, absolutely. and talk about that. But that, but we can't do the metal. That metal ends uh, car was not televised, unfortunately. But they do do the, pretty much the same match at the Boston Garden the next month, September '87. So we're we're going to do that whole show, Boston Garden, September 1987. I can't think what other bouts are on the card off the top of my head, but I'm sure you know it's it'll be all our all our guys. And uh, the main event is Hulk Hogan defend the title against what month? Killer, November? Killer Khan. Did you say September? September. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. You know, he's someone obviously we haven't done. And uh, we both have history there, I'm sure. Uh, stories to tell. Um, September 12th, 1987 uh, is the day of the show. Uh, Grill and Alfred are on the call. Lipa Lenny Poffo's on the card. Uh, who else is on the card? Steve Lombardi's on the card. Um, <laughs> we got Davy Boy Smith versus Hercules. That's a strange match. If Dynamite's back, must have went out. Ted DiBiase versus Brutus. Okay. We got a tag title match featuring the Hart Foundation. And the second half main event, because you know this is one where Hulk goes in the middle, is King Harley Race versus Georgie Animal Steel. I hate on podcasts, a lot of podcasts, I'm not putting anyone down, where they say the main event is the last match. It is right. not the main event. The main event is the is what if it's before the popcorn match, before an admission, it's still the main event. That the last yeah, match. Yeah, look not at the, the main white event. card they handed out. What's the one yeah. at the top? Yeah, that, that's the main event. <laughs> yeah, so many podcasts do this. Even the wrestlers themselves. It's like what? No, they don't understand the how event. tickets were sold back then. Yeah. You know? I, how could you not understand that? Yeah. Anyway, all right, that's it for tonight. Forward to it. Season four, we're off and running. Uh, let's hopefully we can get our goals. Always twenty six. We always want to try to do about two a month. Uh, well, I guess that'll be 24, but there's 52 weeks a year. Whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. We're going to try to do somewhere in the 20s. That's our goal. Um, and uh, and that, yeah. Tim Mangione on a milk carton this week. Yeah. Where are you, Tim? Yeah. He's uh, he's looking for the spot where uh, Dylan's limo blew up in Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> <laughs> you can take a picture. Yeah, this is where, where Dylan's limo blew up. I don't know where, where Tim is. Tim. Yeah. Yeah, where are you? Reach out, brother. Yeah. Come on. All right, so that means we have one thing left to do, and that is to say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and tell your friends about the 24-inch podcast. 40 years of Hulkamania, brother. <laughs>